with Julia and Philip Siracusa, sponsored by Carnation, airing live on the United Public Radio Network on 105.3 FM in New Orleans. This show's entrance has been edited, produced, and directed by Gwen Clapper from Perfect Trust Productions, LLC. You can find us at perfecttrustproductions.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monday night segment of Horseback Chronicles Radio with myself, Julia Siracusa, and Phil Siracusa. We're broadcasting live from the International Public Radio and the United Paranormal Radio Network on 105.3 FM from New Orleans. This evening's show is fully sponsored by Carnation, so we want to thank them for their sponsorship. We love them. You will have to do a few things in order to participate. Go over to our YouTube channel, UFO Paranormal Radio, or International Public Radio. You can also go into all of the Facebook stations, UFO Paranormal Radio Network, UFO Undercover with Joe Montaldo, News on the Flip Side, also Twitch, SoundCloud, and Podbeam. Also go over to our group, Horsefly Chronicles Radio, and Facebook, and get in if you haven't joined. And if you have any questions for our guests, Please ask. So tonight we want to say Happy Memorial Day, and we want to welcome our amazing guest to the show. So please welcome Tammy Merheb Chavez. Hopefully, it's right. <laughs> I got it right. She <laughs> is a costume designer for film, TV, and theater by day, and a paranormal investigator by night. Her introduction to the paranormal started at a very young age while living around the legends and lores that surrounded her home city in New Orleans. In 2017, she created a true crime and paranormal podcast, Holly Weird Paranormal Podcast, with her co-host, Bryce Mitchell Williams. So please, let's welcome her to the show. Welcome. Yay. Thank you guys for having me. Oh my goodness. I was just talking to my family in New Orleans not too long ago. Mm -hmm. So it's a pleasure being here. And talk awesome. to one of Nola folks. <laughs> yeah, New Orleans, wow, there's so much over there, right? Tell yeah. us why why is it that that's such a hot spot for ghosts and spirits? Where in New Orleans or Los Angeles? New Orleans. Oh, it's just an old city. It's a very old city and it has a lot of history and a lot of uh dark history as well. Plus it's a port city. So you're close to, you know, the Mississippi, you're close to that huge body of water of the Gulf and stuff. So you know, water is also claimed to be a conductor of energy. So mm -hmm. there's a lot culminating around there. And there's a lot of people that practice uh, the occult there as well. And they practice voodoo and they practice mm -hmm. other things that can, you know, definitely, you know, like wake up something there. You know, um, I see documentaries on that. You talk about voodoo and the occult over there. Now, I don't know. What do you, what's your thoughts on? They could raise people that just just crossed over, for example, and they would do these rituals to raise the body 
and make the body function in a way where it's like a zombie, for example, in a sense mm -hmm. where um, they're dancing with it somehow, they're moving with it during these chants. What, what do you think about that? I believe that, you know, we have to go into pretty much the beginnings of Voodoo and why it started. You know, it's actually a practice that comes back from like a Haitian culture as well. It was a practice for the slaves because it was something for them that they had of their own because they couldn't, you know, learn how to read or write. So this is a way for them to communicate and express themselves as well. Um, as for raising the dead, I guess you can say, it was part of a practice to, I from what I've read to appease uh, the gods or appease, you know, whom they practice to, whether it was, you know, you know, to their ancestors or to certain types of, I guess, deities. Um, that was just their way of trying to communicate and I guess feed into their spirit. Uh, but it is a very interesting religion that I think people have like some sort of like negative or um, yeah, yeah or a different uh, mindset because of what we've seen in film and what we've seen in shows and whatnot. But I think with a better understanding why they did it and whom they were appeasing could definitely answer a lot of our questions. It's very it's interesting. There's so many documentaries on that. I know. And they actually, um, in one sort of sense, they were happy mm -hmm. when someone crossed over. It's part of like, yeah. they go yeah, on. Right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, it's just there's this like gateway almost. And it kind of parallels with um, another practice that I'm trying to read up more on is Santeria here in Los Angeles. You know, there are a couple of Santeras that I know. And um, it is something that they do, too. I mean, they do sacrifice chickens. They do sacrifice animals. And I asked one of them in particular, why do they do that? Like, what is the whole purpose of that? Is like feeding blood to our deities. But, um, I think it's called like their uh, You're feeding, uh, you're giving life, you're taking away life and giving life to whomever you're practicing to. So you're feeding uh, to the gods and goddesses of that uh, religion as well. And crossing over, you know, there is this type of gateway from our world and the spirit world. And, and I feel that that is also a reflection of voodoo. I mean, I could be wrong. That is something that I, I've heard, you know, and, and read in passing from others who are, you know, in the process of practicing it as well. Interesting. Very wow. interesting. I was always fascinated by that. Hey, um, Tammy, tell us how did you get started in the paranormal and tell us about your amazing career? Yeah. <laughs> I actually grew up in New Orleans and I just just was always surrounded by legends and lores, you know, legend of the Ruguru and the white lady of Mona Lisa Drive up there by City Park. And I started working in, as a costume designer in old theaters and it just so happened there was one particular old theater that I was working at a summer stock in New Orleans that had a ghost and I had seen this apparent ghost without even knowing the legend of this apparent ghost that they called Bob and I just remembered um, I was cutting fabric in the foyer of the theater because we just ran out of space in our shop and I kept on seeing a man in the corner of my eye dressed up in black standing at the foot of the staircase 
And mm -hmm. I was even talking to this gentleman because I thought it was the director. You know, it's like, oh, hi, Mr. Sean, how you doing? You know, it's going to be a long day. And it's just no response. But I kept on wow. seeing like a man dressed up in theater blacks just looking at me like this. And um, when I kept on looking up, it was like no one was there, but I could swear I saw this man. Like I saw his black hair, his black facial hair and his black clothing. So during lunch, I go into the costume shop and I'm speaking with the ladies of the shop. They've been working in that theater for 20 something years. And I was like, hey, uh, this is gonna sound kind of crazy, but does this theater have a ghost? And immediately they said, yes. I'm like, well, whose name? And they're like, that's Bob. And I said, does Bob wear blacks? Like, does he have theater blacks on? And right when we were talking about him, um, this woman who handles props comes in and they told her immediately, oh, Tammy saw Bob. And she's like, oh yeah, Bob used to be the lighting designer here. He used to be my mentor and he passed away years ago due to cancer. And ever since then, he's come back to the theater and my prop shop is right next to his lighting booth. So I definitely know that he's around. He's made his presence around and, and I mean, known to me. So I was like, well, what did Bob look like? She was like, oh, he had a black hair, black facial hair, like a mustache. And I was like, oh my God, and was he wearing black clothes? Yep, that's him. So right then and there, I had this crazy experience working in this theater. And then I started to move to film and I moved to Los Angeles and I worked with a production company that work in horror and every location, I promise you, every location we've gone to had a haunted history attached to it. And things would always happen every time we were on set because of wow. the amount of work that we would do on set. And it was just right there. It just catapulted me to be more involved in the paranormal everywhere I worked has a ghost of some sorts there. Yeah, they're drawn to you. So I feel, yeah. <laughs> or is this like all like aligned in my journey? I feel like we're all in some sort of path. And mm -hmm. most likely, you know, for us, the paranormals is, is just a part of our journey. Yeah. You know what? I agree with you. Um it's, true. it's like we didn't choose paranormal but totally we're brought into it yeah right mm -hmm. it's part of the whole mission that we're going through and this exactly uh, yeah, we're learning something about it it's always got a trick up its sleeve somehow so. like it always leaves you with so many more questions right it does it absolutely does and i think it never whatever's there guarding it is it doesn't want you to know the answer until you finally cross That's over true. to the other yeah. side yeah that's how I was That's looking true. at it. Really good putting it. There's That's some true. things you just don't get answers on. Uh, we yeah. tried multiple, like, you know, what's it like on that side? And it's vague. We've got communication, but it's vague. They don't go into detail. It's as if there's rules over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. That is yeah. so true. That is so true. And I think for, you know, like going back, don't mean to like ricochet back to Voodoo, but I feel like in that religion or that practice too, it, you know, there are people or beings there that they believe protect, you know, that, that spirit world, just like what we think of the paranormal. We think that there's some sort of, some, there's something or someone that's protecting it too. And we're just not going to get those answers as we're living. I agree. Well, the good news yeah. is we know that as paranormal investigators, we go on. Yes. And that's the good news, right? It's not like, well, once you're dead, you're <laughs> in the grave and it's over and that's it. Yeah. And the story. So we know that. Yeah. And, and I've been able to help people, you know, 
you know, teach people. We go on. And then we get to figure out who we're going to haunt when we go. <laughs> who would you guys haunt? If you were a ghost, who would you guys haunt? I always love asking people this question. <laughs> I would haunt him them. and whoever. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely. Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, I would help my husband too. <laughs> fascinating stuff. Amazing stuff. You know, what kind of equipment do you like to use as validation? Pictures, recordings. Honestly, I, I kick it old school. I love using like a Sony recorder and or the recorder on my phone or my iPhone. I was even told by a parapsychologist like that works because it has like a 3D mic on here. And I've captured some really astonishing recordings. And of course, I bring a, a, a camera or I use the camera on my phone. Other devices, I love using an EDI or uh, a K2 or a Mel meter that has um, a REM pod connected to it. And that one has never failed me at all. But I just like to keep it simple. I also like to bring a notepad and a pen to mark down the timestamps of when I, you know, I felt something or heard something or thought I saw something just so I know it's like fresh in my memory. Yeah. Why do, in your opinion, why do spirits communicate with us? I don't think it's why do spirits communicate with us. It's just I feel like why do we communicate with them? I we mm. see we, right, we so see why, them. Why do, <laughs> why do they respond? I believe that they either have a message for us, or if you think about it, if you've been in a place for such a long time by yourself, seeing people coming and going, and you find that one person in that crowded room that could see you, like that one person in a dance hall that. You that is dancing to your favorite tune. You are just drawn to that person. I I feel like a lot of times too, that those entities or ethereal beings are just attracted to what we're so sensitive to, whether we can hear them or see them. And I believe that they get excited to where they want to communicate. They want to make their presence known. And it depends on the person whether or not they want to move forward and kind of yeah. communicate back. Yeah. And, yeah, so, true. in theory, do you think more people, even if you're not in paranormal, should try to communicate with those that have crossed over, even loved ones, as if they can hear them, the other side? Oh, yeah, I believe so. I mean, I've spoken to psychics who's, uh, especially evidential psychics, who really encourage that as a way for them to, or for all of us to communicate with our loved ones and our ancestors, especially in my culture. Like, it's so important to pay homage and to speak to our ancestors. And that is something that I feel like we try to do and practice in our field and in, in the paranormal. We want to talk to our loved ones. We want to teach other people that they are capable to communicating with their loved ones as well. Yeah. Has any loved one come into your dream after trying to contact them in the physical realm? Um, personally? Yes. Um, my grandmother, yeah, I've always felt like her, I've always felt her around. And it's funny because I've had, you know, other psychics tell me that she is definitely strong, like mainly around me because she knows that, you know, I still talk to her and I have a picture and I leave little offerings for her because it's, it's like kind of like a, like a, a that, that, that personal moment that 
you're still keeping their memory alive. That's yeah. true. That's, that's, yeah. yeah, I believe in that sweet. too. You should always try to yeah. validate, communicate, and look for the the signs, right? The the song, yeah, the cardinal, the the exactly. sense, you know, things that mm -hmm. because I believe they give they're trying to say, hey, I'm here. Especially if you have their things. I know what my grandma. I have a lot of her stuff, so I know yeah. that she, like. You know how they like to like guard, especially the older people. They like to like be around. <laughs> they really do, and I feel like that is definitely a factor. What do me. you have in our closet? A lot. Okay, because something is in there. Oh, here we go. In the middle of the night, moving around. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying to think of something else, but now I think no. It's... There's a lot of stuff in the closet. Huh. That's her. <laughs> yeah, but that's you know it's interesting, but well, really, what? maybe we can move it to a different part of the house so I can sleep at night. I didn't um, know this, and maybe she wants it back somehow. I don't know. <laughs> you gotta have that Coco moment from from Disney. It's like bring bring out the items of your ancestors of your relatives because you know they want to be remembered. They're always I always yeah. feel like they're they always have our back, you know, and um, it's yeah. always important to keep their memory alive. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree. What's your thoughts on reincarnation? Oh my goodness. I've, you know, read a lot of journals and a lot of accounts of individuals who felt like they've had past lives. And um, there was that one little kid that actually lived somewhere in the Midwest and um, believed that he was a reincarnation of a famous uh, film producer that lived here in Los Angeles. And everything that he would describe to his mother paralleled with the life of this one producer and there's been a lot of documentation proving that there is uh, life after death that there is such thing as reincarnation especially in other cultures as well and I mean that's right there you have documentation and proof that there is something beyond you know this realm there is something beyond that light there's so many stories with children remembering oh my their gosh it's just, yeah. it's just crazy to me. It's, Especially it's deja vu. So I wonder if these memories stay with them throughout their lives or they kind of like fade away. They do. No, they, they do. Oh, they stay with them. There's a lot of accounts as they're old. They're, they, they remember their dreams. And wow. when, you know, there are certain dreams that they remember until the, you know, they're old and gray. It's something that is, is like kind of like proof or a light, like, that is that says that they were this person in a past life. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Well, tell us about your podcast. Oh, Hollywood Paranormal. Uh, so I started a podcast with Bryce Mitchell Williams. We worked out of an old acting school in Hollywood. And the school was actually on the grounds of where the Charlie Chaplin studios will his personal mm -hmm. dwellings once were, and they're still there. Next door is the uh, Kermit the Frog Studios, the Jim Henson Studios, as we call it, um, which used to be Chaplin Studios back in 1920s. So they still have his house, well, two of his dwellings on the property where the school sits. They turn one of the dwellings into a library and the one next door into offices and a green room. And there were so many accounts of students just, and even staff throughout the years that we would hear 
have experiences in the one of the houses and definitely in the theater. And we even had an account from a security guard that would see, oh my God, I would say like past a certain hour, like around two or three, a man walking in a suit with a hat and he looked translucent, would disappear. And those were accounts that, I mean, circulated in school for many, many years. So it was other things too that would also occur on campus to myself and to other students. So Bryce and I thought, why don't we just create a podcast based on the paranormal and also based on Hollywood true crime? Because there's always some sort of residue left behind mm-hmm. by these you know, famous people or these famous crimes here in the city. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's true. It it's leaves been, such an it, impact. It, yeah. You know, like the studios where Elvis mm-hmm. Presley was. Yes. They mm-hmm. talk about the, um, it's fascinating. And, and it is. People, it's so crazy. Right. Yeah. And, you know, like we. Oh, go ahead. Is it residual energy or is it active energy? You know, there's psychics. I forgot her name. She's on TV. Um, she went to the Elvis studio out in what, Tennessee and said that um, he's still walks around. I would believe that. Definitely. Oh, I believe that too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, I think that's another thing too that we want to know. It's like, is it residual or is it intelligent? And that's something that, you know, us investigators uh, want to know. That's the data that we want to collect. Is it something that is left behind and absorbed in the universe and is playing back like the stone tape theory? Or is it something that is still intelligent that is just, you know, connected to what they loved or felt most connected to on this earth? Interesting. What's your thoughts on this? There's a lot of controversy and no one's really come up with a a definitive answer, but is it just possible that when we die, we don't know we die? And I say that because, you know, the Mandela effect and and some people believe we're in the matrix. Um, So for example, you, you've crossed over and you don't even know that you've crossed over. But yet everything is the same. It's kind of mind. It blows your mind in a way. But yeah. it's like um, we're still there with everybody that we knew. We didn't know we crossed over. And I, and I bring that up because during some paranormal investigations, when we communicate with the other side, uh, there's the, the, the answer is that I feel like they're still alive in their own realm. And are we the shadows and the footprint of them? Yeah, is there a glitch in the matrix? Yeah, that is a question that is, you know, I don't think you're going to get a definitive answer. You know, that's something that I too have been looking up and trying to figure out as well. Like, you know, there's it goes back to that that old school question, like, what is a ghost? Um, is a ghost something that is part of, you know, the your earth manifesting into energy, as we call the stone tape theory? Is it something that's recorded? Or is it a discarded agent, meaning is it a soul that was once a part of a living person? And or is it something that, you know, is brought upon, you know, electric magnetic energy? Or is it something that is from another parallel universe? Are we seeing another time frame or mm-hmm. another clip it from another universe? And these are no, all no, different no. theories. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. all different theories and hypotheses that, you know, 
are out there in journals. Like if you go on the Rhine Institute, you could read up on OBEs, out-of-body experiences. You could re read up on NDEs, near-death experiences, where people have known like they're not in the living you know, realm, but they're in some different type of like universe or whether they believe they've crossed over or possibly, you know, a different dimension that goes into what are shadow people? Are shadow people are part of our universe? Are they interdimensional beings? So for a lot of individuals, they believe like, oh, it could be some someone from a different time period, you know, from a different universe that is crossing on to our plane. And we don't know whether or not if that is a spirit or if that is just like what we call the glitch in the matrix right there. So I believe that it is a possibility. It's definitely a good hypothesis to look into and theorize, wow. but also read up on as well. It's, it's, it's one of those open-ended questions, you know, exactly. what, Again, what is that amazing. phenomenon? It's, yeah. it's, it is what amazing. Is it? And the mm -hmm. shadow people, I know firsthand, they're very intelligent. The responses that we've gotten are just, yeah. they're That's so wonderful. advanced. That's really interesting to hear because we had issues at my at my last job uh, where Charlie Chaplin Studios was uh, located. We had issues with students saying that they were seeing shadow people in their dorms. And these shadow people were very communicative. So that's really cool to know, like, you know, from your data that you collected, that there's some sort of intelligence attached to them. What are yeah. they? We don't know. We don't know. That's another thing. People claim that they're demons. People claim they're aliens. People yeah. claim they're from a different dimension. But like it, like I said, like it's just no definitive answer yet right. until there's, there's, there's no like no wrong answer to that. It's just yeah, right. just, it's a big question mark. But they're very intelligent. Um, yeah. and, and the things that they've told paranormal investigators, even at our home when they years ago, when we had it investigated, they knew who was on the cell phone. They knew who was outside mm -hmm. and they, and they would talk through the, uh, yeah. the recordings and, you know, I tried to debunk it, but I couldn't. And, um, they said that one person was actually texting somebody in my backyard and in the basement, they're talking through the audio saying who, who they're texting. And, and yeah. to me, that is mind-breaking, blowing evidence. Not only right. are they intelligent, so the question is, are they always around, or do they just come around during investigations or in the time of our intent yeah. to make communication? And intent is a big thing because, you know, Ouija boards, for example, if we have mm -hmm. a strong intent to communicate with that side, Sometimes they can come through and communicate and give us yeah. intelligent responses, um, you know, and then are we part of that whole manifestation of making this happen? Because, again, we're all energy, right? We've created the mm -hmm. shell. Um, the shell really doesn't exist, you know, and, and, and uh, in the paranormal world and even science, nothing is solid, right? right. Not this oh, table right. that we hear it not, but it isn't solid. It's through us that we're making it solid. We're making everything around us. Uh, we create everything around us. So then, are these are these shadow people another form of intelligence that is another race, far advanced? Which leads me to a question. One of my favorites: UFOs, aliens. I mean, look, it's all over the news. Um, 
What's your thoughts? My dad had an experience with uh, aliens. Uh, I'm half Lebanese. My dad is from Lebanon. And um, I have it recorded on my phone because I put it up on our Patreon for our podcast. But he has had an experience with an unknown flying object that flew over his cousin's house. He said that one night he was studying for exams uh, at his cousin's house in Lebanon. And um, he went out for a cigarette break and he was just sitting on top of this hill. And then he said, like, he felt this ginormous thing like above him and he looked up and it was just this aircraft. Wow. It, it was just so silent. He recreated the noise. He was like, it was like a like it was it was so palpable, but not loud enough for people that were inside to come out and see what it was. But he could hear it. He was like, it was the, the loudest, softest sound he ever heard, but he's never heard anything like it and never seen an object like that fly in the air. And it was so huge. He said it, it probably had taken up four or five like football fields. It was that huge. And it just wow. flew above him. And it just slowly just went along the countryside because where they were living, it was in the countryside of Lebanon and Tripoli. And it freaked him out. He went inside. He went and grabbed his cousin. When his cousin came out, like it was already gone. But that is something that it's never left his mind. And I asked him, like, is that something that is a that occurs? And he said, yeah, it's kind of odd because, you know, when we talk to farmers around that area, they would see weird things in the sky. So, wow. I mean, it's just everywhere all over the world that people are experiencing and witnessing some sort of unexplainable phenomenon in the sky. There's, there's way Isn't that amazing? Evidence. I mean, look, last week, you know, they were all over the news, the um, yeah. government, and they, they did say, you know, honestly, we don't know what some of these things are. Some of them we can identify and others we can't. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't believe any other country has that technology from 50, 60 years ago. There's, I don't believe it. Yeah. So that leads one thing. It's the other. And the other would be there's, we're not alone. And then his the question oh, oh, is... Yeah. <laughs> Is the spacecraft the alien, or is the alien riding the spacecraft? That's another question. Oh, God, that's another good question, too. Like, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Like, is, or is it us flying it, you know, that or we're working with them already, and we're testing out yeah. these, like, ships? <laughs> yeah, that, which my dad believes. He was just like, it's just so, it, it's, it is, when you have an experience like that, that is something that never lets you go. And that's when you know instantly that we're never alone. We're not alone in this universe. And There's something happened here. What year? East, was we live in Eastern PA, but we're broadcasting from New Orleans. But 2007, in July, 2000, there was a sighting, a UFO sighting in Eastern PA. Yeah. And I don't think it's oh fair because even if they pay for gas, and we pay a lot of money, <laughs> and I don't think it's fair that they go around. They don't have to pay for gas because um, I've been at the gas station lately, and that just kind of makes me wonder why I'm paying five dollars a gallon and they're paying nothing. <laughs> I want a spacecraft to go around too. I mean, they beat traffic. Right? They don't pay for gas. They don't have to get oil changes. They probably don't need a, a space wash. Right. Um, oh my goodness! You don't have to wait in line, TSA, in an airport. You know, you don't have to wait, go in line, and and go through the cancellations of flights too. They lost out. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And for listening out there, pick me up. <laughs> no. I'm going for one thing with these kids. You're going. I'm, I'm going for this. We're staying here with them. 
kind of jealous. <laughs> Maybe the aliens can come in and babysit your kids, and you're like, we're just yeah. going to take this first spin just around the corner. <laughs> we'll, we'll be back, and you know. No, if you, you don't go around laugh, the world, <laughs> laugh a little at yourself, you'll just end up going nuts. And that's the whole. Let me look between 2020, 21, and 22. I, I mean, I don't even know what they're going to say next. Like, Jurassic Park is real. You know, I don't know what's coming next. We have murder bees, we have flying spiders with parachutes that are coming soon. Uh, yeah. Um, now there's monkey. Wait, monkey. Well, no, the yeah, there's so many different things oh. out there that who knows oh what's going to happen. Oh, my gosh. Happen. I know. But the ocean's I do very scary I, I too. I love the field that we're in, paranormal field. Yeah. And I love trying to communicate with the other side. I'm going to tell the listener, we go on um, as clear yeah. as day. I mean, I've debunked so much stuff to say that we don't, yes. but we do. We do. And this is why we love this kind of work. And, you know, um, you're in this too. And, you know, I'm sure you help people and teach people through yeah, evidence, yes. and your knowledge. And that's how, that's why we like to do these shows. We keep it pushing forward because there's so much hurt in the world, especially now with all the yeah. horrific things going on. And um, we try to teach people like, this is not the end. And we right. know that we're not scientists, but we know that as investigators, yeah. we go on. We yeah. do communicate with the other side. There's limits. We don't know everything, but we know that there's a communication platform and that from our knowledge, you know, yeah, this yeah. isn't it. That's yeah, that is correct. That's why that's how we should enter this field. And you said it too. We have to debunk because a lot of times, like you know, a knock on the wall or a ding on the pie, people instantly think it's something paranormal. And also, you know, I don't mean to bring this up, but I've noticed in several cases that I've been a part of, uh, mental health also plays, and it plays as a stigma in our field. And there's this one case where this woman contacted us believing she had, I'm not even joking, 80 demons in her house. And um, when we went to her house, she was, uh, she was a hoarder. So she had, well, she was living in chaos. She had a ton of cats that were, I mean, they were making a mess like everywhere. You could smell it. It smelled bad. Like it could drive someone insane. And mm -hmm. when we were doing a walkthrough, we just noticed there were a ton of medication bottles in her sink, like just standing up on her sink. Some of them open, some of them empty, some of them closed. So she was taking a variety of medicine. And what she thought was she was seeing was most likely um, side effects from mixing three or four medications that she wasn't supposed to be mixing. And once, yeah, once, yeah, once the head investigators put her in touch with, you know, with help, she was limited, you know, a short amount of medication, like from four to two. And soon, like all these, I guess, apparent uh, phenomenon that was happening in her apartment that she claimed were demons stopped. And, you know, that is something too that we have to do. We have to like help and have a code of ethics. Um, and these shows that we see, we see them enter a house in an hour. It's like, okay, that's it. Well, what's the follow-up? What happened to that family? You know, you guys found out that there's something unexplainable, but what's really going on? And have they, have they followed up with the family to see, you know, if everything's been okay? How has the activity, you know, uh, been within the past, you know, couple of months? So you don't see that side of what we see on TV. And that's yeah. something that, yeah we have to apply in what we do. 
There's so much in entail to this. It's not just oh. Well, TV is a lot of editing. Yeah, I mean, and editing, oh yeah. Put a lot of stuff out. They cut so much but out. But it makes that, the regular person who's watching, you know, believe that it's it's real. You know, it isn't mm -hmm. what it is. Yeah, and it's also education too. Like you know, to be honest, part of my journey is like I thought that that was what everything was like investigating what you saw on television, but more you work with other investigators, the more you learn. Um, I also highly recommend people to take parapsychology classes too, uh, to learn more about the science of what we're of what we're trying to understand. Because there is a science. There's there are departments that go into it. Um, you know, Dr. Barry Taft was a big one too, who was a part of the entity case. And then you also have Dr. Lloyd Auerbach, who is also an investigator who has been a part of some really big cases as well. And some he's debunked and others he's like, hands in the air. I don't know what the hell that was. Yeah. Um, but let's continue to learn and study it and figure it out. Amazing. Very well put. Mm -hmm. Have you ever, during an investigation, encountered an angel? Actually, no, I haven't. But I've been a part of a seances where, you know, they, they brought up the possibility that someone had a guardian angel with them. And um, I believe that we do have our angels. I believe that they're always watching over us, whether we think that they're angels or maybe they're our ancestors, who knows? But I believe that there's a possibility. And tell us like one, give us a case where you investigated, yeah. right? Yeah. And you know, um, something that really it gave you like the chill, like the goosebumps. I was at the David Omen house. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Omen house, but it's interviewed him. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, there was one instance that we were there with a big group of people. And um, I don't know if you're familiar with the house next door to his house, but that was the house that the maid from the Sharon Tate, um, that horrific day in 1969 of the Sharon Tate murders. That was the house that she knocked on and was able to go in to call the police. Um, I've been inside that house and that house is not good. It's just like, it's kind of like that is the bad and David's is the more balanced. But something was up with that house next door that we believe was coming over. And we have it, David has it somewhere. We saw it on camera. We were in the earthen wall room on the third level and we were doing an EVP session with a couple of people in our group. And they were all seated in that room. And one of the girls uh, asked the question, um, like, uh, can you give us a sign of your presence? Let us know that you're here. And it was like this weird silence occurred. And then out of nowhere, the floor started shaking. It shook for like two seconds. And everybody left screaming. And I was like, can we keep calm? I'm just the one trying to keep calm. And I'm looking at the camera, I'm like, David, did you get that? And I hear him on the intercom, yes, and you better come up. So we watch the footage and you see after this, after that girl asked the question, you see this black mist go into the floorboards of the earthen wall room. And then literally like you see the floorboard shake and everybody wow. run out. So we believe that whatever was there because we were touring next door try to follow us next door and it was trying to come in but it was definitely something that was so strong and that physical can respond in that manner that really really spooked me wow mm -hmm. 
Um, have you ever had any attachments follow you home? I I was told that I've had a couple things follow me home. Um, <laughs> just unexpectedly, apparently I have an older woman in my kitchen that I picked up from Mexico. <laughs> um, but I am of the mindset. <laughs> I know. I'm like, can she help me with the dishes, please? Um, but it, it was really funny. No, I mean, I've gone to locations um and i've been read the same way by a couple of psychics that are like you go in raw dude what, what what the hell is this and you come home and they're outside but have you set your location i'm like yeah because i really i'm of the mindset of you know if you go in with that intention thinking that something is going to follow you home then something will follow you home it's like you're offering that open invitation um, yeah. I have the mindset where I set my space and I'm like, you're not welcome here. You're, you're welcome outside, but you're not welcome in my safe space. And there have been times where my dog has seen things outside that we think, oh, it's probably an animal. But wait, there's no animals around here. So it's like, what is she really looking at outside? So maybe yeah. I've had a couple of things that probably have, but Nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. <laughs> yeah, nothing really. Nothing evil comes in. Yeah, it. nothing bad. No, but <laughs> as for that old woman in the kitchen, um, <laughs> that I don't know. I don't know. I've heard weird things happen in my kitchen, but I just kind of ignore them. Like, huh, okay, just as long as you're not breaking glasses, I'm fine. So, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> there was a movie based on a true story where they were breaking the dishes, the glasses, oh way God. back in the day. I mean, they destroyed everything. Yeah. You know? I was cleaning oh, up that. There was a poltergeist, but it was a, it was based on a true story. It was a real story. Hmm. I just the entity? Think of it. The entity? I don't know. No. If the, was it the entity? Did they break dishes in the entity? I don't, I don't. Yeah, she, they, yeah they, they did a lot of other things in the entity, yeah. too. That right. was a crazy case. Bad movie. Mm -hmm. That, that was, was probably one, yeah, that was one the scare that and Emily Rose. It was Emily Rose. Oh gave my me god, that. yeah. That one was Yeah. It was scary. Believe, it was just like the thought of like these things like really. Well, she was raped by, by the guy, that, right? The male yeah, spirit. But and then and Emily Rose, I believe in they could you know they could say, well, she had this, that, every other medical condition. But the truth is, if you see she was a pretty lady, pretty girl, right? Yeah. Um and he deteriorated in a short time. Yeah. And then you hear some of the recordings, yeah. the real recordings, and you can't really debunk that, you know? You can't. It's really, it's really scary. And that it's is. hard to understand. It's hard to understand because, like we, you know, we said, they go after the weakest link, too. So, it, it, you know, it could be someone who has a few issues going on, and it's so hard to, like, tell if it's, like, a medical thing sometimes or... It, both or paranormal it's it's just it's very crazy. hard yeah i mean there is a reason why now from what i was a part of a discussion with dr lloyd auerbach but there is a reason why now parapsychology is trying to offer courses to psychologists that yeah. they should take parapsychology classes because uh, they believe that uh now with mental health on the rise and people you know not understanding like what's really happening in real time that they should in like investigators should bring on psychologists yeah. um, to do the evaluations, to do the interviews, to go through some sort of a panel with uh, with the client or 
whomever has experienced phenomenon in their house to double check, like, is this person in the right mindset? Is what is happening is happening based on what they're taking? Or mm -hmm. um, is there something undiagnosed? Well, it could and, be both, right? Yeah, it could, it it could be both. It could definitely, yeah, like woman, you know, in that one house that with 80 demons, you know, she had 80 cats and they were, you know, peeing and releasing themselves like everywhere. And yeah, that could that also, could yeah, that could make someone very sick as well. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we're, I mean, the head investigator of that group made sure like she was given a direction on where to get help. And eventually she did, which was really, really good. So that's where, you know, mm -hmm. ethics comes in and that's yeah. how it should be. Mm -hmm. That's great. Uh, have you ever caught any pictures of full body apparitions or close to it? Yes, at the Myrtle's Plantation. <laughs> it is insane. Um, the Myrtle's Plantation is no joke. And the the phenomenon that was leading up to the tour, I was taking a history tour. It was a 6 p.m. history tour throughout the level of the house, the bottom level of the house. We went through the dining room and this gentleman standing next to me jumped. And he's like looking at me looking at the dining room, looking at his butt. I'm like, what? He's like, something grabbed my pants. Something grabbed my pants. Did you grab my pants? And I was like, you're a stranger. Why would I do that? <laughs> and <laughs> and um, and the uh, the docent heard. She's like, oh, that was, you know, little Emily. You know, she does that. She likes to grab onto the pant legs of, you know, gentlemen or the skirts of certain women. She pulls just to, you know, get a rise out of you. And... Mm -hmm. I just started laughing. I'm like, you got jumped by a ghost, in other words. So I started laughing and and in my head, I was like, Emily, if you're here, I'm gonna take this picture and I want you to be in this picture. And I set that in my head and I took a picture of the mirror in the living room. And uh, you know, as we know, as investigators, we take more than one. So I took a series of four. And in the series of four, you see this little girl looking at the camera lens she's black and white she has a big a big bow on her hair and she's gray she's looking mm. at my camera smirking i have it and i know i have it on our instagram and she's smirking and then the next one shows a little boy in gray and he's looking at the camera and then the next one shows like a shadow person it looks like a soldier because at one point the Myrtle's plantation on the second level was a hospital during a civil war, they would bring soldiers in to, um, to attend to them. And um, when I went back on these pictures, they were all different. And then I remembered, wait, there were children on the tour, but the children were all wearing neon color clothing with a lot of loud uh, symbols and, um, Adidas and Nike symbols on them. So it looked nothing like the little girl in that mirror. But I showed it to the docent and she grabs my hand and she shows me the picture of the little girl and it looked almost identical. It, to that day, it, my mind is blown. <laughs> it goes to show you that they're still around, especially at the Myrtle's Plantation in St. Francisville. Wow. Interesting. Amazing. Right? I heard that. It was on TV, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Part. It's. I mean, people experience so much there. The accounts. We have. We all go by off off of those accounts, and there have been full body apparition accounts and EVP accounts. Everything. Shadow people accounts. You name it. It's all there. I love it. I love it. And to the listener, I'll tell you why I say I love it because it ain't all spooks and horror and what movies no. and 
TV shows are made out of. There's so much good to what we do in the paranormal field yeah. of, hey, you know what? We call it a haunting. Maybe when we cross over, we're going to see, wait a second. This is just the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's mind-blowing, and uh, we truly do go on. This has been a quick show and uh, a great show. It's always so um, fast. Tell people where they can find you and all that good stuff. Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Hollywood Paranormal. Uh, you can also venture to our website, hollywoodparanormal.com. You can also venture and see my work as a costume designer on at temimurhat.com. And also, if you follow Travel Channel on Instagram and on TikTok, I'm also one of their content creators. So I've been working with them and sharing you know, stories, sharing investigations that I've been a part of with travel. Awesome. Wow. That's great. Good for you. I mean, you're such a very well-spoken guest, a lot of knowledge. People, please share the show. It's a great show. And we look forward to speaking to you in the future. Thank oh, you I, look so forward much. To, I look forward to it, too. I hope I investigate with you guys. You guys wow. sound really, really dope. Yeah. <laughs> if I was a ghost, yeah. I would make communication with you. Oh, yeah. I would. Come down to the whole point of the home. We said Pennsylvania. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Yes. <laughs> Maybe right. we're the ghost, like the oh, movie like the, the others. others. Maybe we're oh, the, the others. <laughs> oh my god, that movie is crazy. Well, Mind blowing. Everybody, thank you so <laughs> much. Um, thank you to Carnation for sponsoring the show. We love them. They've been sponsoring us from day one, and you can join us next Monday night, same time, 8 p.m. EST, 7 CT on 105.3 FM from New Orleans, and stay tuned. For Trish Mo with the missing piece. Thank you, Tammy, so much for Thank you so much. You're a great guest. Thank you for listening. And we'll catch you again next week. Thank you. Have a great night. Bye.